It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers or any of your favorite podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast network and be sure to follow me julian council on twitter at julian council very easy because every single friday like today i answer your weekly friday mailbag questions to participate in next week's edition of the weekly friday mailbag either at me or dm me at julian council over on twitter the carolina panthers wrap up preseason tonight against the buffalo bills just to give you a heads up like last friday night when the Panthers have their second preseason game against the New England Patriots. I'll be back on the air later tonight recapping the game. Hopefully, there will be no news like we had last week where a player was out for the rest of the season. I won't have to go turn around and have to do one of those reaction pods. But tonight, later on, probably around 11 o'clock, maybe midnight, whenever everything gets uploaded, I will have my reaction to the Carolina Panthers preseason finale against the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott, former D.C. here in Carolina, now the head coach in Buffalo, said earlier this week that the majority of the starters, including Josh Allen, will not play, which means that Baker Mayfield and the Panther starters who are expected to play into the second quarter will be going up against the Buffalo Bills twos. But either way, getting some rhythm and timing down in communication is what's key, and it'll be nice to see Baker get prolonged snaps the first team Friday night, so I guess tonight, against the Buffalo Bills. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. Starting off with Kyle, who says, Hey, Julian, I made this account specifically to message you for the Friday mailbag, LOL. Sorry for the long message, but I love the show. I listen every morning in the car, and I don't think you get enough credit for doing a one-man show as well as you do. I couldn't imagine doing a talk show by myself. Appreciate that, Kyle. But I'm talking to you guys. I'm not really by myself. Second, I am one of those sickos who gets up at 5 a.m. to work out in the morning. Trust me, once you do it for a week or two, you'll never want to change. Okay. See, that's what I hear, that people talk about waking up and working out early in the morning I, I can't say what I wanted to say, but people talk about it like it's just like it's intoxicating. That's that's how I'll, I'll describe it. But people talk about it like it's one of the greatest things in the world. So I guess you're one of those people, Kyle, and good for you, man. Uh, it's, it ain't for me. I'm not. I'm a night owl. I'm not someone who's going to wake up at 5 a.m., but I do kind of feel good every time I do it. Either way, finally to his question. It's about the tight end situation here in Carolina. He says, clearly the Panthers see value in Ian Thomas, but with all our injuries, do you think we should consider a one-year type of deal for a veteran tight end um, like Jared Cook to bring value this year and maybe help catch up Ian Thomas for the future? I honestly don't trust Thomas, and I hope I'm wrong. I know you mentioned Ebron, and I'd love to have him as well. Thanks. And we'll go into Rod's question as well, because Rod was asking a similar question about the tight end, saying, should the Panthers target any specific free agents for me? Eric Ebron, Blake Jarwin. 
And then he said D Ford stand out, out the most. Played with Eron back in high school, so it'd be cool to see him play for the hometown team. Okay. Um, yeah, so starting off really with just the tight end position specifically, they clearly like Ian Thomas. They drafted Tommy Trimble last year. Colin Thompson's been on the roster pretty much the last two years. And it seems like Stephon Sullivan is someone that they'd also like to keep around. I do think they'll absolutely keep Thomas, Trimble, and probably Colin Thompson. Whether they keep a fourth or not will be interesting to see considering how Giovanni Ricci's played so far this preseason because of his injuries. Having him as someone who has proven, at least in the preseason, that he can be a decent receiving threat certainly helps the Panthers and probably prevents them from feeling like they need to go out there and sign a Jared Cook or a Blake Jarwin or an Eric Ebron. Like Ebron, the thing about him, too, and I love Eric Ebron. You're, I'm wearing a Carolina shirt, so y- y'all know if you listen to the podcast, watch the podcast, y'all know I'm a Tar Heel, Carolina fan at least, whatever. Went to Elon, Carolina fan, parents went there, dad grew up in Chapel Hill, family has a restaurant, so don't even try and check me on my Carolina credentials. Um, either way... No one was talking about Eric Ebron. He wasn't even on the team's radar until he's out there on Twitter saying, yo, bring me home. Like, he hasn't seemed to be on any NFL team's radar. I'm not saying he can't play and he can't be better than what the Carolina Panthers already have, but are we sure he's going to add more to Carolina's tight end room than what they already have? I don't know. He wasn't great last year in Pittsburgh. The year prior to that, he was okay. He had a career year back, I think it was 2018 season with the Indianapolis Colts. We had 13 touchdowns. I'm cool giving him a look. I just don't think that's going to happen until the roster cutdowns and the Carolina Panthers can look at the waiver wire and see what else is out there. They seem to be pretty content with these tight ends. But, hey, health or lack thereof can open up possibilities for players. Look what happened with Shai Smith and the wide receiver group and how he's at a really excellent camp. And that might be the case also for a guy like Ricci, who I've talked about, who maybe he can slot more to tight end than fullback this upcoming season here in Carolina. And D Ford... It's been injured, been banged up. I, I don't know if that's something that they want to do. They seem to really want to just depend on the young guys they have on the roster now. But again, let's wait until after next Tuesday, see what players get cut, and that could really uh, dictate what the Carolina Panthers want to do moving forward with the roster heading into week one against Cleveland. Uh, now moving over to Eric. He said, hey, Julian, great podcast. and way to push through the injuries to get the job done. Yeah, tongue is feeling better, but it, it's still there, man. Still having issues, but I feel a lot better. Um than I did yesterday, probably up to 90%, but still struggling. <laughs> uh, he says, question from the mailbag. What are some statistics? See, here we go. Tongue, trying to say statistical benchmarks that you think we need to see from players uh, for the Panthers to have a successful season. Let's define successful as 10 wins. I could name a bunch myself, but I'm interested in your take on things. I will say that Burns surpassing 10 sacks and DJ Moore getting at least six touchdowns are an absolute must for me. Thanks and hope you have a good weekend. Let's see. If we want to do an individual, if we want to do like a, a total unit, like the offensive line giving up like only like 20, 25 sacks this year, opposed to like 50, would be something that would lead to the Carolina Panthers have success. Christian McCaffrey having over 1,000 yards rushing and, and about 500 yards receiving would be successful. Because again, when he had 1,000, 1,000 season back in 2019, they were 6-10. and 10. And the Carolina Panthers, I think, are only like 2-9 and nine when McCaffrey has – over 10 receptions in a game. They do not win when Christian McCaffrey is relied upon heavily as a wide receiver. So 1,000 yards rushing, 500 yards receiving, I think that would be beneficial. I would even say, let's get to like eight, nine, maybe 10 touchdowns for DJ Moore, considering he's only had four, basically every season of his career receiving. 
and now Baker Mayfield, who has thrown a ton of picks, but also a ton of touchdowns, I think DJ has a greater opportunity to bounce back, and not, not really bounce back, but to take that next step forward and get close to double-digit touchdowns. And same thing with Brian Burns. Double-digit um, sacks this year would be great. Um, other than that, I don't have too many in my head. Uh, but really, like the offensive line limiting sna- sacks. Uh, Baker Mayfield, if he only throws like eight, 10 interceptions, that should lead to success because that means he's taking care of the football better than he really ever has in his NFL career. There's plenty of those benchmarks you can find kind of put out there and think that this could lead to success. But really, limiting sacks, limiting turnovers, and hell, let's throw it out there too with the defense, man. If um, if the cornerback unit can get 12, 14 interceptions this year, I think that's probably a really high number. That's going to lead to a lot of success for the Carolina Panthers this upcoming season. All right, let's take a quick pause here on the show. I'll come back and answer more of your questions here on this edition of the weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked on Panthers. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now, Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is a banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you will thank you. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's get back to your mailbag questions here on the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. Either at me or Julian Council participate in next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. Now on to Alex, who says, if Baker gets off to a hot start, do you see the Panthers trying to extend him early in the season? Contracts or quarterbacks continue to go up, and it wouldn't be the first time they look they took excuse me, an early chance on a quarterback contract to save a buck. I assume you're mentioning Sam Darnold last year when they picked up his fifth-year option. I hope that they've learned their lesson to not give guy guaranteed money after only seeing him play very little or not at all. We saw last season Sam Darnold got off to a uh, good start. They were 3-0. He was not playing like the Sam Darnold we're used to seeing. But then everything fell apart. If Baker Mayfield has a similar start, they should not give him an extension. Like Sam Darnold, I don't think was going to get an extension even had he played really well through the first five, six, seven, eight weeks. They need to let the entire season play out. Because it's a seventeen week, it's a seventeen game schedule. 
And they need to see whether Baker Mayfield is going to lead them to success later on in the year. And Scott Fitter has already said this. We're going to see how things play out in November and in December and hopefully in January before making any sort of decisions on a future at the quarterback decision as it pertains to Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, of course, and Matt Corral, who's out for the season with that list Frank injury. They don't need to make any sort of decision at all until they've seen Baker play every game this upcoming season that he's healthy for. And hopefully he's going to be healthy for all 17, plus if they can get into the playoffs as well. So, no, I don't see Carolina going out there, trying to get an extension for Baker Mayfield in the middle of the season. Like, maybe if it's like, hey, they're 15-0 and and Baker Mayfield's been incredible. Like, let's go ahead and get this done. I do think if they get to the playoffs, they're going to, at the very least, franchise tag Baker and then try and figure out what they can do as far as a long-term deal after that, as they're going to have a lot of contracts they're going to try and work out in the offseason in 2023. Uh, going on to another Kyle. He says, hey, Julian, great week of podcast as always. Thanks, man. Always appreciate you reaching back out to me. After Bunday's uh, presser, do you feel like Baker wants to be here long term or is he looking to use this year as a springboard to go somewhere else in free agency? Yeah, I don't really look at guys in the NFL going somewhere and looking at it as a uh, springboard. Like, hey, I'm going to play really well here and then I'm going to go elsewhere. Um, that's not kind of how the, the things work. Like, they stay with their teams like it's not really like the in college like the transfer portal it's like, oh hey I played really good at this small school like let me go transfer to Bama now and go see if I can like ball out there like I don't look at that as a similar situation that would play out in the NFL especially with the quarterback position like when you're a quarterback you just really want to stay where you're at and you want to get paid and I'm sure Baker's going to love living here more than he loved living in Cleveland if he liked living in Cleveland at all like Charlotte's a great city not to, not to sit here and say Cleveland's not but come on like let's be honest where would you rather live if you're Baker Mayfield, Charlotte or Cleveland, probably Charlotte. Um, no, if Baker Mayfield has success, he's going to want to be right back here in Carolina. I do know one thing, though. He was not happy about taking that pay cut, and it is still kind of gross in a way. The Panthers were like, hey, Baker, take a pay cut while we pay Sam Darnold nearly $19 million this year, who's a worse quarterback and a guy that we're not going to start at all this year unless you get injured. And so I can see why Baker might be like, oh, you guys kind of did me dirty there. And I'm not going to give you a discount. That that could come to bite them in the ass down the road or if Baker's still kind of upset about having to give that money back where he's like, I don't want just that money back. I want even more because y'all squeezed me last year when you probably didn't need to do that at all just to save a buck and kind of in a way lowball me heading into the season to be your starter. Like he's only getting paid $4.85 million by Carolina to be the starter. Like Cleveland's paying 10 and a half. So he's still getting plenty of money. But Baker's looking to get paid this offseason. And you look at the rest of the NFL – and, like, if he becomes a free agent, which, again, if he plays well, the Panthers are going to franchise tag him. He's not going to have an option to be a free agent elsewhere. They can franchise tag him and it maybe trade him elsewhere, but then where? what position does it put Carolina at quarterback going into 2023? Probably not in a good position at all unless they're getting a number one overall pick and they have Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. But even then, you already have a number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield. If he plays well, that's the guy that you would want to keep. Like, the Giants, they might have – a job open if Daniel Jones doesn't work out. I mean, the NFL quarterback market is, is insane. Seattle, same case with Geno Smith and Drew Locke up there. I can't imagine that that's what they really want to do long term with either one of those guys who are starting quarterback. But Seattle also had the opportunity to go out there and trade for Baker. Maybe Baker thinks about, hey, they didn't want me, so why would I go out there and do that? Um, Atlanta, that could be an option. See uh, New Orleans as well, depending on how things play out with Jameis for this season. Because they, when you look at it, Seattle has Jameis – 
as a starter based off of the contract, but then next year they could go elsewhere. I don't really think that's what they would want to do. They probably would, would rather go into the draft instead of trying to go back there in the veteran free agent market and try and bring in a quarterback. Uh, Tampa Bay, really, it's interesting. The entire NFC South could be an option for Baker Mayfield if he truly was a free agent. But the way the NFL is set up, he's not going to be able to leave on his own accord unless the Panthers just don't want him. If the Panthers want him, He'll be here. He's not going to be able to springboard to uh, another place in the NFL. Like The Panthers are going to franchise tag him or give him an extension. He's going to be stuck here. And stuck is probably not the best word, but really that's they're going to take it, hold him hostage if they want to. Think Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh didn't want to pay him that running back salary. They said, here, here's franchise tag. He's like, all right, fine, I'll play with it one year. Next year, here's franchise tag. He's like, nope, not going to play at all this season. That would be the Baker's only option if he wants to get out of here. Um, Cameron. Asked, uh, over under 10% chance we make it to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, under. It's extremely difficult to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, I still don't know whether this team even knows how to win. I'm bullish on them to win 10 games. That does not mean I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. They can, if they get there, there's 12 teams. They're going to be in the same position. I guess, no, 14 teams now. They're going to be in the same position that believe they can get to the Super Bowl. And typically, whoever has the buy is a team that ends up going to the Super Bowl. I know last year the bye was Kansas City, and they didn't get there. I think last year might have been one of the anomalies because typically whoever has the number one seed, that's the team that goes, unless it's the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. They always find a way to mess that up. But now, especially that they only have one bye, that's the favorite to typically go to the Super Bowl. I don't think Carolina's going to get the bye, and if they don't get the bye, I find it difficult, especially for a team I think is not going to win a division. Compete, maybe win it. The team I would say right now is not going to win the division. To go on the road three straight weeks, don't see that happening. In the times where they've won the Super Bowl or they've gone, the season where they're number one overall seed at home, both games. And in 2003, home game, then two road games. It's difficult to go that path even when you have a home game. The three on the road, it's been done before. I think the Giants did when they beat the Patriots that one year. I don't necessarily think that this team is a – especially they've never been in the playoffs too. It's so important to build – they go one year, then they keep building towards that Super Bowl. You just don't go. Like, you've seen the Rams. Like, they built towards what they did last season. It helped to get Matthew Stafford in and all the great players that they brought in along the way, like Von Miller as well. It didn't just happen overnight. The Carolina Panthers have stunk the last two years. It's just not going to happen where they go from being terrible, in my opinion, to being in the Super Bowl. It's possible. We've seen the precedent been set in the NFL before. Look at Ron Rivera's teams. When they started winning, they went from winning the division – Going 12 and 4, losing in the divisional round. Then the next year, they were another, they were a playoff team, won a division 7 8 and 1, won a playoff game, lost again in the divisional round. And then next year, they went 15 and 1, went to the Super Bowl. So it takes time to build towards that. So I'm going to say it's under 10% chance they make the Super Bowl this upcoming season, just based off of super young team. And they've never even had success, at least the core of this team in the NFL, for me to think that, oh, yeah, all of a sudden they're going to find a way, get to the playoffs, and go to the Super Bowl. All right, second other pause here on the show, then I'll come back and answer the rest of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores and podcasts they have you covered head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today bet online where the game starts 
This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's get to the rest of the questions here before getting out of here on this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. Going out to Jake who asks, uh, do you think Terrace Marshall has any trade value currently? He hasn't been practicing and it seems he is a guy on a tight leash. I could see Carolina trying to move on or see what trade value he has. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be cut. I don't think you're really saying that. I also don't think they're ready to move on just yet. They knew when they brought in Terrace Marshall that he was a player that was banged up. And they probably went into last season knowing that he was not going to offer much at all. The frustration certainly comes from seeing his potential throughout OTAs and mandatory minicamp, where Matt Rule and the staff did caution that we need to see what happens when the pads go on. And when the pads came on, he was looking good. But then he tore, not he, he didn't tear, he pulled his hamstring and he's been in and out and he's been dealing with some soreness. And I think Matt Rule, who put him on notice a week ago, is basically saying, you got to tough it out, man. Like you're going to go through a 17 game season. You're not always going to be 100%. I don't know. Terrace Marshall is one of those guys where if I'm not 100%, I'm not going to play. We saw, well, at least we heard from Jack Thompson the other day about how he was playing with a knee injury where his bone to bone on last season, playing through, playing through a lot of pain. And Terrace Marshall, I'm not saying he hasn't done that. He's going to need to do that. Uh, here in Carolina, and can he be effective while playing through the pain? Because that's what you have to do as a football player in the NFL. I'm not ready to give up on him at all. Like, I'm the same guy who said, like, why give up on Chris McCaffrey? Now, McCaffrey's done way more, of course, in this league. He's a proven commodity when healthy than Terrace Marshall is so far because we really haven't seen Terrace Marshall healthy. I don't think they're going to be shopping him. If a team calls in and asks, I'm sure, as uh, Scott Fitter said, and on every deal, he'll listen to what they have to say. I don't know if they're in a position just yet to move off of Terrace Marshall looking at the wide receiver position. Now, Shai Smith is certainly someone who has taken advantage of Terrace Marshall being out with that injury, and he's had apparently a fantastic camp, and he's competing for a starting job. And speaking of Shai Smith, Tanner has a question saying, whenever they look at Shai Smith versus Brandon Zilstra, we're comparing other players. How much does youth versus experience come into play? Like Shai is 23, so he could develop more, but Zilstra is almost 30, and he's experienced. Well, as someone who's almost 30, like Brandon Zilstra, you're kind of saying that you want to put Brandon Zilstra out the pasture, and, and I take exception to that, Tanner. Um, <laughs> kidding, really. Um, yeah. Well, you have to look at it, too. Zilstra, uh, I, I think he, he was a Rivera guy. He was a guy who was left over from the Rivera regime. He's made the team because of special teams. And Jai Smith is adding something to special teams as a returner, which Zilstra does not provide. He also is adding a lot so far to the passing game as a wide receiver on offense. And Zilstra had his moments last year, probably was the third best receiver they had on this team last season, but he's not going to have the speed and athleticism of Shai. He doesn't have what Shai Smith has as far as talent-wise. And the Panthers also invested a fifth-round pick a year ago in Shai Smith. 
So he's more of a commodity for them than Brandon Zilstra. They're going to take the youth, obviously. He's 23. Zilstra's 29. They're going to take that into account. They're going to take um, into account how much they're spending on each guy. Like, they spend a fifth-round pick. And whatever Smith is making, Brandon Zilstra, not making that much money. And they're also going to look at the role in the team. It's like, okay, you can get special teams out of Shy and Zilstra, but you're going to get probably a better wide receiver talent-wise and skill-wise in Shy Smith and Smith than you're going to get from Zilstra. They're going to take all that into account, which is why I've said so far, I think Shai Smith is going to be the last receiver who makes his roster. Maybe now that they're only going to have two quarterbacks on the roster, they might take a seventh in Zilstra because of special teams. But I think it's only going to be Shai Smith who makes the roster over Brandon Zilstra. So, yeah, they'll take all those things into account. And final question here. Uh, I got another Kyle. Three Kyles today. Kyle Askey were saying, my wife and I used to be the people who went up, went up, who woke up Excuse me, at 4.30 a.m., four days a week. But then it started making us a little too tired, so we fell out of that routine. And I know it was earlier. I think it was a yeah, it was a Kyle that we had earlier who talked about how he woke up, he wakes up at five a.m. and once you get used to it after a week or two, then you are like ready to go. I'm just man, it's hard for me to even get up to go to like a seven a.m. class. Like come on, like five waking up at five thirty is too much for me. But good on y'all and Kyle. Hey, you and your wife, I think y'all did the right thing. Um, but either way, let's get to your question. He's got another question about production. Saying, asking what kind of numbers are we expecting from Luvu and Gross Matos this season? I don't know. I'll say this. When looking for someone to add the pressure or take the pressure off of Brian Burns this upcoming season, as far as sacks goes, if Gross Matos and Luvu can combine for eight sacks, even 10, which that would be great. If they can do that, get the eight sacks combined this year, you have to be excited about that because that helps. It's going to be a by-committee approach. Until we see if they bring anybody else after roster cutdowns in a week, we'll see what happens. But right now, if they can get eight sacks combined from those two players, I think that's a positive for the Carolina Panthers. And you're going to throw in Marquise Haynes, who's had seven sacks combined the last two years. If he can have a four, five, six, maybe six-sack season this year, and you add that in, you've already made up for the lost production from a year ago of, of Hassan Reddick, who's now um, in Philadelphia. So – don't know how much I'm really expecting, but I think that would be a good benchmark to hit this upcoming season if the Panthers are going to have success in 2022. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Remember, y'all, make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Also, check us out wherever you get your podcast. And later on tonight, I will be back on the air talking about the Panthers Bills preseason game breaking down what Baker and the offense look like who are some of the players who had one final chance to show that they should be on the roster and giving my initial thoughts on who should be on the initial 53-man roster so stay tuned to that either on YouTube or on your podcast streams later tonight it will also be there throughout the weekend and will likely be your Monday episode and Monday afternoon I'm going to try and have something out for you where I give you my predictions it'll be Tuesday's episode but coming out Monday's at Monday afternoon I'll give you my prediction on who I think will be on the 53-man roster here for the Carolina Panthers. But in the meantime, stay safe, be happy, be whole. And if you're in the game, have a great time. Of course, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all later tonight. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 